0: From Beacon Point Advisors, I'm Michael Dow. This is Markets in Motion, our regular update on the economy and investing. Today on the podcast, the equity markets tanked on Friday and are now down 13% for the year. We'll talk about some of the causes and discuss what investors can expect going forward. It's Sunday evening, May 1st, 2022. This is Markets in Motion. So the S&P 500 was off 3.6% on Friday, April 29th. That only happens, um, well, it happens less than 1% of the time, at least over the last 20 years. So it's been very rare, even with all the volatility we've seen uh, through the great financial crisis, the taper tantrum, the COVID recession, et cetera. uh, Less than 1% of the time do we get the move we saw in the equity market on Friday. So it's reasonable to ask what were the circumstances that uh, that caused it. And, and there wasn't really um, anything earth shattering. Earnings are coming in um, much, much lower than the fourth quarter, but in many cases, um, as expected. It's really more, I think, the growing realization that the challenges that the stock market will face going forward. And if you think about it, there's really two things the stock market cares about. It's corporate earnings and interest rates. And the challenge related to interest rates is likely to continue to uh, to provide a significant headwind to, to, to equity markets, at least uh, for the next quarter or two, until the Federal Reserve's job is done. And I say in the next quarter or two in a very hopeful way, because... As it currently stands, it looks like the Fed will be um, raising interest rates Um, at each of their next six meetings. The market's got at least 250 basis points uh, more rate hikes priced in, and that is um, an aggressive, um, certainly aggressive versus the expectations just, just 30 or 60 days ago. It's a very aggressive rate hiking cycle, and it is likely to be effective, and when I say effective. Uh, just taking a step back, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates because inflation is at the highest level in 40 years. And we, we should probably be really clear about this. The Federal Reserve's main interest here is to maintain inflation expectations. And if, in, if inflation continues to rise or continues to um, show signs of, of rising at the same pace that we've seen over the course of the last 6 to 12 months, then the Federal Reserve is going to find their job um, much harder going forward. So it's our view at Beacon Point that the Fed is going to raise interest rates much faster and, frankly, much higher than the market was expecting uh, just, just 30 days ago. And they're going to do that in an effort to tame inflation, but more specifically to make sure that inflation expectations remain anchored. In fact, the proximate cause of the market's decline on Friday was, an inc- was most likely an increasing acceptance of or, or, or increasing um, probability that we're going to face a recession. And given that we had a GDP um, preliminary uh, number come in for first quarter of 2022 at, at minus 1.4%, which I'll talk about in a second, two quarters of negative GDP is a recession. Um, so the market was basically extrapolating, I think, the first quarter GDP number. They shouldn't do that. The first quarter GDP number was driven lower, much lower than the 6.9% we saw in the fourth quarter. Economists were expecting a positive 1%, so there was already an expectation in the marketplace that GDP in the first quarter of 2022 was going to be much lower than fourth quarter 21. No, No one was expecting, well, very few economists were expecting a negative number, And it's likely that that number will either be, it'll be revised substantially, maybe up. Uh, And even if it isn't, the things that drove GDP lower in this advanced um, print, we'll get two more, by the way, two more estimates, or one more estimate before the final. The final first quarter GDP number won't even be available for another two months from today. So right now, this is a preliminary estimate. It's, It's negative, and surprisingly so. But it was driven lower by by two things that perhaps argue for it to recover in the second quarter. Those two things are the things that drove GDP down were increased uh, exports, uh, excuse me, increased imports versus exports. And when you have increasing imports versus exports, that's a negative for GDP growth in that current quarter. But it also means that consumers are consuming, so that's generally seen as a positive. The other thing that caused GDP to decline in the first quarter was. Uh, we had a pretty big inventory build going on in the fourth quarter. That is, manufacturers were stocking, restocking shelves, et cetera, and that didn't repeat in the first quarter as it normally, you know, you would expect it not to happen if the shelves are kind of full, then, then you don't need to manufacture additional um, items. So those two things taken together suggest that the minus 1.4 percent, if it holds, um, isn't as bad as it sounds. At Beacon Point, we do expect a significant economic slowdown from the relatively torrid pace of 2021 of you know above 5%, um, and and in 2022 our our expectations are something uh, closer to potential GDP um, towards the end of the year. So call it call it 2% or maybe even slightly below. And the reason that the economy is going to slow down is because the Federal Reserve has got a real problem with inflation right now so they're going to do everything that they can and in their power to put a put a to put a lid on it and and try to make sure that the expectations for inflation don't get out of hand as out of hand as the current print so so there's realized inflation the current print which is at 8% and then there's inflation expectations longer term inflation expectations currently as of today remain reasonably well anchored and that's the key to the fed's the fed outlook the Fed is going to raise interest rates as as high and for as long as it takes to make sure that their longer-term inflation expectations remain anchored at close to two and a half percent, which is where they are now. In order to do that, they're going to need to raise rates above the neutral rate, which is two or two and a half percent, and then and then go further uh, to to slow the economy, which is exactly what the Federal Reserve has done for the last you know, 30 or 40 years in order to control um, uh, inflation and to make sure inflation expectations remain anchored. It's it's hard to accept, but that's because the Federal Reserve is a government agency, but their um, modus operandi uh, has been since the late 70s and early 80s has been to throw the economy um, into a recession if necessary to, to make sure inflation – doesn't uh, uh, doesn't continue to drive both consumer and business decision making, which is which is very bad for the economy. So while you may get a, a short-term economic slowdown, in the long run, having anchored inflation expectations is is spectacularly good news for the economy because it allows for 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 greater GDP growth uh, going forward. So you might ask, what exactly does the Fed have in mind here? A- and the answer is. They're going to raise interest rates 50 basis points this Wednesday, May 4th. They're going to raise 50 basis points uh, further on June 15th. They're going to raise another 50 basis points, most likely on July 27th. And they'll do that until something breaks, either the fever of inflation or, frankly, the economy. For Fed watchers, this is not a surprise. The Federal Reserve has always, or at least since Paul Volcker declared war on inflation back in October of 1979, used the tools at their disposal, in this case, interest rate increases and, a new one, balance sheet reduction, to tighten financial conditions in order to slow economic activity. And by slowing activity, they take the uh, the steam out of the inflation bubble. We talk a lot about uh, financial conditions on the podcast. So let's, let's take a step back and just review what exactly the, the Fed is doing. They have the housing market and, frankly, the equity market in their crosshairs. And what I mean by that is they're going to increase interest rates to tighten financial conditions, tightening financial conditions, which is represented by equity prices, interest rates, corporate borrowing cost, and the U.S. dollar. Raising interest rates causes, typically, the equity market to decline the uh, cost of uh, corporate uh, borrowings typically to increase as the spread on corporate bonds widens. It causes the U.S. dollar to increase, which dampens exports. And rising inters- interest rates uh, generally put a damper on consumer uh, expenditures for things like uh, you know, houses and cars. And the way financial conditions work is those are observable: the stock market, the dollar, the corporate bond spreads, and frankly, um, you know, interest rates, ten-year yields, and uh, Fed funds are all market observable. So you look at the you look at today's uh, index of financial conditions. You see it tightening dramatically because stock prices are down, and interest rates are up, and the dollar is up, and all of those things are going to lead to lower economic growth in the future. And it is through this tightening of financial conditions that the Fed will control uh and inflation and get a handle on it and 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 the other of course consequences it also means economic activity slows and the unemployment rate likely goes up what's the issue sounds all well and good what i just described was what the fed would call a a soft landing Uh, a soft landing is a rare bird you never see it it's like um, Uh, It's like a unicorn. It's happened once out of the last eight rate hike cycles. So you rarely do see what I described, which is basically inflation remains um, within the Fed's tolerance zone, so less than 3% and above 1%, so somewhere around their 2% target. While at the same time, uh, you get there from very high levels by by not causing a recession. So you either have a recession or a soft landing or 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 you know or the status quo. But the status quo is not acceptable to the Fed. Hence, you will have a soft landing or a recession. And our money, at least um, the way we position portfolios for the last six months, is that we're ha- we're seeing an increasing likelihood of a recession. And that's now getting priced into equity markets with the equity market down 13 uh, percent you know it's it's probably fair to say that the market is thinking there's a 50 50 chance of a recession between now and uh and the end of end of the year and that wouldn't uh, that would not be surprising i think you'll likely see a bit of a recovery in economic activity in the second quarter just as it rebounds from from a very poor uh performance and and given the composition of the poor performance in the first quarter. It wouldn't surprise us to see um, to see something on the positive side, and hence no recession now. It's Having said that, it's almost impossible to know if you're in a recession. The NBER, which is the government agency that determines whether or not you're in a recession, typically doesn't announce one or or basically uh determine that we were in one for months or quarters sometimes a year after we're in one so you don't know you're in a recession till much later it doesn't feel like we're in one right now if we were i think the stock market would be down a lot more so um, i think i think we should expect to see maybe some uh, some stabilization in the gdp number Uh, but that's uh that's not a i don't have a what i would call a a strong feeling about that. It, it could go. It could go either way at this point. In fact, the Federal Reserve is just going to raise interest. They, they're going to raise interest rates. They're going to raise interest rates, uh, and it's going to slow the economy. So the only question is, does it slow it too much? And, and just to put a fine point on this whole like quant, this this financial conditions tightening, it's not just a U.S. phenomena. It's a global phenomena, and and I'll just put some numbers on it. The largest economies in the world, what's known as the G7, the largest developed markets in the world, are going to pull approximately 400 billion uh, out of their central bank ba- balance sheets in 2022, after adding almost three trillion in 2021. So we're going in the wrong, in the opposite direction of quantitative easing. It's called quantitative tightening. We've had eight trillion dollars of quantitative easing since March of 2020 and now we're going to have $400 billion, a lot of it in the US, in quantitative tightening um, in, in all of 2022. This can't help. It, it, if the point of quantitative easing was to increase uh, or, or to, to create easier financial conditions and by default cause the equity markets to rise, then quantitative tightening should have the uh, the opposite effect. And that is exactly what we've been talking about here at Beacon Point for the last six months. It wasn't going to go on forever. It was always that quantitative easing wasn't. And, and and the limit of quantitative easing to support the equity market was inflation. So we got to get inflation under control. It's going to be painful for a while, and equity markets are going to reflect that. They're going to reflect lower future corporate profits based on lower economic growth? Maybe a recession, maybe not. Most likely, yes. But uh, And if so, then the equity market has more room to move lower. But if you position yourselves and if the portfolios are positioned properly based on your longer-term objectives, then, then everything should um, uh, be okay in the long run. It's going to feel pretty painful in the near run in the near term. but that's what we should expect. We should expect it. There is no free lunch. A lot of the returns that we've seen over the last two to three years are likely pulling future expected returns forward. So we're seeing the benefit of it. We've gotten the benefit of it in the portfolios. We're adjusting the portfolios to take a little risk off the table as you should. but there's no way to predict with any degree of certainty the shorter term cyclical, Um, changes in the equity market it's not that's a that's a fool's errand so what we do is try to build strategically optimized portfolios that match your risk profile and then risk manage them in a way that um, uh, allows us to to basically say we're expecting um, some turbulence in the equity markets but your portfolio is built to to withstand it and and that's what a a beacon point uh, a strategy portfolio will do for you. Specifically, it's been optimized to be on the efficient frontier, and there's a team of institutional investors uh, on your side who are evaluating the risks and the opportunities in the marketplace and are using quantitative, state-of-the-art risk modeling tools to make sure we're taking what we believe to be only compensated risks. Now, you could do really well in very poor environments all the time, but that would mean you're also giving up a lot of return that's being offered by the marketplace during other periods. And and understanding what the macro environment is, understanding what's already being priced into various asset classes, and then allocating uh, capital appropriately for, for a client's, any given client's risk profile is, the o- in our view, it's the best and only way to, to manage the money because that's going to get you to your objectives with the fewest bumps in the road. And while there will be volatility and there will be downside, that's the price you pay for, for building wealth over the long run. Um, that's something that um, I think is is difficult to to embrace during these periods when the market is down, but uh, that's the time when having a portfolio that's diversified, well-built, and structured to your risk Profile is going to actually shine uh, over longer periods. I, I've said before, the, the Federal Reserve's got a couple of things in mind here. They're going to tighten financial conditions by uh, making houses uh, more expensive. Uh, mortgage rates are increasing dramatically. We haven't seen the the, the housing data decline, uh, at least the... Um, the, new, the existing home sales, new home sales, and mortgage applications are, uh, have fallen off a cliff. So that's starting. things are starting to bite. The equity market, as we talked about, is down 13%. That's, uh, that's also going to start to bite consumption. So um, you know, things are starting to, to slow, and, and we expect that they will continue to slow. Uh, but a lot of that's already priced into the equity market, down 13% investor sentiment is is at abysmal levels in fact um, u.s invest investor sentiment uh, bullish sentiment is at the lowest level in 30 years and other things you can look at like the like the uh, chicago board of equity uh, uh, chicago board of options exchange cboe equity put call ratio the put call ratio when its high suggests there are more people thinking the equity market's going down than up. And that's, that's also at a very high level right now. So, so a lot of bad news is priced into the equity market today. So an equity market downturn has not been a surprise. Um, we, sh- we are prepared for it. We should continue to expect additional volatility until the Fed rate hike cycle is over. And it will end when inflation expectations are contained and not until then. In the meantime, take comfort in the fact that the portfolio is positioned as it should be. And that's it for Beacon Point's Markets in Motion. We'll be back soon with another of our regular updates on markets and investing. I'm Michael Dow, Beacon Point Chief Investment Officer. Thanks for listening.